0: welcome back earners uh it's good to have you back at the show uh as i said you know we've been talking a lot about uh, earnership and the last episode which was episode five we talked a great deal about uh what uh the first steps in actually developing an earnership mentality are and we and we actually is and we focused on uh Independence. We talked about what our founding fathers did in terms of uh, developing independence from empire through the spilling of blood. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about independence and what it actually is in order for us to begin to talk about the steps we need to take for ownership. Uh, as I said in the last episode, independence is the most fundamental aspect of the ownership mentality. Without independence, there is no way to participate in ownership. It's impossible because you will be nothing more than the uh, dependent uh, parentage of someone else or something else. So, here we're going to just talk about independence for uh, a few moments and then we're going to move forward. Uh, what in fact is independence? Is independence just doing whatever the heck you wanna do whenever the heck you wanna do it? Is it an act, is it a thought, is it a uh, mentality? Uh, Independence is actually a frame of mind. It's, you know, I am going to achieve or accomplish something in the way that I have chosen independent of someone else determining how that shall be done again as an example of what our founding fathers did they said to themselves we want to create a country of our own we do not want to be dictated to by Empire and having to do those things that Empire states rather than the things that we believe are best for our particular situation That is the same concept of independence in our individual lives. We have to make a determination that we know best what is actually occurring in our lives and we understand how to actually go about handling our situations, whether that's through an individual effort joined together with others to solve a particular difficulty, or what have you, we are in the best position to make the decision concerning the outcome of our lives. That is what independence is. That is an independent mind. Now, in order for us to begin to move forward on this earnership principle, we have to ask ourselves, are we independent? Now, I'm going to ask this question as it relates to all of those uh, pressures and measures that are around us. And we can determine whether we are independent already or if we need to act in a way that demonstrates our independence first for ourselves and then for others around us. So in today's America, we are facing ever greater pressures to yield to various uh, supports or various ideas or various acknowledgments from government and others. Now, some of these things, as we spoke of in Episode 4, are very comforting things, so to say. I am uh, free, so to say, to accept a payment from someone else to support my life. But is that truly freedom? Is it freedom when you are accepting... A life's payment from someone else. So there are two sides of this particular coin, the life's payment, I mean. First of all, let's look at look at it from the standpoint of the traditional poor. The traditional poor are people who receive support from the government in uh, ways such as uh, welfare, ways such as Medicaid, Uh, ways such as unemployment insurance, these things apply specifically to those who are working class and or poor. Now, you may have exceptions to this rule. You may have some folks who are considered middle class who may in fact need unemployment insurance if they lose their job. But these are exceptions, not rules. Now, on the other side of the equation, you have those who are doing fairly well for themselves, but they have other forms of government assistance that are offered to them. You have social security. Now, social security does apply both to wealthy and non-wealthy. It applies to all of those who have worked or who are uh, disabled in our particular economy. But generally, for the sake of this particular presentation, we're talking about social security for those who have actually worked and paid into the program and have worked consistently so that they would be considered middle class or better. Uh, you also have Medicare. Medicare, obviously, is for people who have worked and retired, and those folks are not considered uh, poor. They're not really getting Medicaid. They're getting Medicare. Also, you have forms of corporate welfare, where you have the government basically uh, providing protection to firms and particular industries so that the entry into those industries is very difficult because of the high cost of participation or you have those industries protected by the government so that those folks that would want to do something different outside of the parameters of what the government would want they cannot do those things effectively because they don't have unlimited resources to be able to get this accomplished so these are the basic breakdowns of where people stand Uh, in terms of receiving government benefits if you are receiving those government benefits or you would like to receive those government benefits or you think it's okay to receive those government benefits it becomes a question of are you independent or are you dependent now let's consider this for a moment because this is very very important if i am receiving a particular payment from the government let's look on the poor side first if I'm receiving a welfare benefit from the government what is the likelihood that I am going to be willing to take a step out into the world and turn my back on receiving that particular payment and try to make life work for me well for most people it's slim to none because they're making what they consider to be a conscious and reasonable economic decision if you're on welfare you receive certain benefits that uh, also relate to that welfare payment whether that be medicare whether that be housing whether that be child care so on and so forth that would make it at least in the minds of those people very difficult to get away from that system and say to themselves i am going to make the decision to work or i'm going to make the decision to educate myself so i can get a better Uh, outcome in life through a better means of support which is a better job than they would get if they were uneducated or unskilled and just went into the active workforce okay Uh, if on the other hand you are say a corporation and you have done something where you think you have a service or a good to offer the community but that particular industry is not necessarily profitable so let's say like the renewable sector in the renewable sector we hear constantly people talking about how these are uh, good jobs in a solid industry that's growing well that could be true but if you take away the government support from that particular industry does it work Is it possible for that to work? Well, we have an example from not too long ago, a company called Solyndra, which was doing solar paneling. That company was supported almost 100% by government money. As soon as the government money went away, that business folded. Now, I am a big believer in business. I believe that business is the means of support for everyone in our country. Whether you start a business or you have a job, you are connected to business. So I encourage businesses, but if those businesses are being supported by the government, then that's not really business. And certainly that's not really independence or freedom. That is dependence on the government. And that means that you are not able to make independent decisions about what you would like your business to do, whether it's because you're in an industry that cannot survive without the government support Or if you're in an industry or business that wants government support to keep out competition because though the industry itself could survive without government support, maybe you can't survive without government support because you are not competitive with those who would be able to offer better prices, better services, better goods. Now in terms of, say, a Social Security situation, Social Security, as we know, was started under the Franklin Delano Roosevelt administration. And initially, this was not supposed to be something that would uh, be a program that was extended to the life of everyone. But of course, it has uh, basically turned out to uh, have that outcome. So now what we're doing is we are, as the system, as the program itself was designed to work, we are having those who work essentially pay for those who are retired. Now, back in the day when that program was started, in essence, you know, you could work and put money away. And maybe some money that you worked for and put away would go towards you. Not all of your support would come from that, but some portion of of your support may have come from that but today if we fast forward we have had this program in exist in existence for so long and we have essentially lost so many high-paying jobs to global competition and the march to overseas production that our worker base is not sufficient to cover the cost of of social security for all current retirees and those who will become retired in the next several years. So if you're on that particular program, you are massively dependent on the government if you have not made other choices to support yourself through your retirement. Now, this is a very, very difficult message because essentially you, if you're retired or coming close to retirement, you relied on a promise by the government to basically secure you through your retirement years. Now, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I don't know if the government is going to find a means or a way to be, to make that promise good. But I know if they do find a means or a way to make that promise good, that would necessarily mean that coming generations are going to suffer from that particular cost. Because at some point, The government is no longer going to be able to afford that particular program. Now, if they continue to do it, even though they cannot afford it, that does not mean that since other people are still receiving it, that this is not going to be a tremendous drain with a substantial negative output uh, uh, outcome on our economy and our country at large. It just means that we are delaying it and delaying it and delaying it, hoping that it will not catch those of us while we are still alive to serve. But that is not good. And that is the kingpin of dependency. So. If you are on any of these programs or if you are going to be on any of these programs, then you understand right off the bat that you are not independent and you can't be independent as long as these programs act as your primary means of support through life. Because in essence, what is being said is I have not been able to care for myself so I expect some other folks to care for me but let me ask you this if the shoe were on the other foot and you were required to take care of the needs of others when by taking care of the needs of others you would find yourself somehow pinched somehow short how would you feel What would be your response if you could consider the other view? I know that constantly we're preached to about the view of people helping other people. We're a rich country and we can afford to do this and we can afford to do that and we can afford to do the other thing. But how would you feel if it were you who were being constantly demanded to do the this, the, that, or the other thing for others. So let me give you an example. Let's say I have $100. I have generated this $100 through some form of labor on my part, whether that's physical labor, mental labor, what have you. But I have generated this through my own labor. Now, this $100 I have earned I have earned this $100 irrespective of what the government or any other uh, entity or body uh, does in terms of taking some of that away from me I've actually earned that that is what I agreed to earn with my employer or if I'm self-employed that is what I have agreed to earn with my customers okay So I have earned that. Now the government steps in and they say, well, you need to pay X and you need to pay X in the form of taxes of various kinds. Now, do not get me wrong. I am not opposed to taxes. I am just trying to pass on a an analysis of what happens. So let's say that out of that $100, the federal government says, well, we're going to take 35 of those dollars. And we're going to take 35 of those dollars to do whatever it is we want to do. So now I have $65 to work with. Now with that $65, I may be able to make it work because, well, I still have the $65. But what if that same government now tells me, well, we need to take, instead of $35, we need to take 30. dollars nine dollars well i have been budgeting my existence based upon holding sixty five dollars i have not budgeted myself is for holding sixty one dollars so no matter where those other four dollars come from in my bucket of goods or bucket of money four dollars have to come from somewhere Let's say I have been a person who decided to be somewhat frugal and have savings. Well, if I no longer can deposit four dollars of whatever amount I was depositing for in my savings, then that means that there's four less dollars available for whatever future opportunities I was looking forward to. So now to some folks, that doesn't matter. It's only $4 and those $4 can go to help someone now instead of helping me later. Okay. So if I no longer have access to this $4 later, and this is a consistent subtraction of this $4 out of this 100, then that means that when I get to the point where I am no longer earning now, I may maybe relying on some investment or something, but when I get to the point where I'm no longer earning, that means that I have less put away for that future date than I would have if I would not have been charged the $39 in taxes. So, let's say I retire and I live after retirement for another 25 years. Now, if I live for another 25 years, if I were going to make $65 instead of $61, maybe I'd be able to just make it those 25 years. But those $4 taken away from me each time I earn 100 that may make all the difference between my living a life of humanity and living a life of subhumanity now some of you may be thinking but that's what social security and stuff is for is to give you that extra push that extra nudge that extra money that you need to take care of yourself again social security makes me dependent if i did not have the additional four dollars taken from me i may have been independent in my retired years but i'm not independent in my retired years i'm dependent in my retired years because i didn't have sufficient savings to care for me through those years That means even if I try to live a life of independence during my working years, once I reach retirement age, if I don't have cover other than what I have earned and saved myself, then I am dependent. I have no choice in the matter. The government can or cannot fulfill its obligation on the Social Security side. If they do, I'm dependent on them to do it. If they don't, I am shaken. So the point that I am making is, first of all, we have to make the determination if we are independent. And if we are not independent, then we need to start considering why. We are not independent. Well, I understand that politicians the country over are consistently making promises to give people free things, free money. Primarily, we'll give you money for this, we'll give you money for that, we'll give you money for the other thing. However, they rarely, if ever, talk about where this money comes from. We have developed a mentality in the country that many, many, many people are unable to take care of themselves, will be unable to take care of themselves, whether it's because of poverty, whether it's because of old age, whether it's because of disability, or whatever the case may be, they cannot or will not be able to care for themselves throughout their entire lives. Now... This message being told people over and over and over again has a very deleterious effect. And that effect is it creates the mindset of dependence. I will not at some point in my lifetime be able to care for myself. So I'm going to need the help of some other entity or person to care for me. But that does not have to be the case. That is the case because that is the story that we are told. We are told repeatedly that people are not making enough money to care for themselves now. We are told that people do not have enough skills to care for themselves now. We are told about high levels of discrimination in employment that uh, forecloses the opportunity for certain people to get jobs at certain wage levels. Now, we are told that if you are of a certain race or a certain gender, it's hard for you to start a business because banks will not lend to you simply because you are of a particular race or gender. Now, we are told of all these particular impediments that stop any and all of us from being successful because we don't have what it takes to make it. That's not exactly how they say it, but that's what they're getting across. You, black person, you woman, you Latin person, you disabled person, you older person, you whatever the case may be, are not worthy of supporting yourself. The selfish people in the country have not made it possible for you to obtain employment at a wage level that will carry you through the now and the later without government support that is what we are being told consistently but if we go back decades if we go back centuries we will find that people have forever said that whatever is happening now is the end of development. There are no new ideas. There is no way to create anything new. This is all there is ever going to be. We have reached the maximum of human potential. Check it out. If you read any book if you listen to any uh, audio book or anything like that from historical times when they talked about economic development it was always we've reached the maximum before the industrial revolution when very few people foresaw such a thing we were at maximum human potential and so it is today We are told that we are at maximum human potential. We are at maximum human potential, even though we have private space firms, SpaceX and so on, doing things that only quasi-governmental agencies were were able to do years ago, agencies such such as NASA and before NASA, which no one was able to do. So I'm telling you, that the forecasts are almost always wrong but the same people who are forecasting the limit to human development are the same people who are telling you that you should blame some existing business now because they have not supplied the wherewithal for you to be supported throughout your life now one of the reasons why that may be true in a very small way is because of the amount of government involvement there is in business if you're paying a heck of a lot of taxes it's very difficult to employ people because my goodness i have to meet these taxes and my budget might not call for more employees and worse still if you have pressure to provide a minimum wage now you're getting hit from both ends if you're a business person so government involvement is a culprit but that is a very small uh, culprit if you allow me to use that particular phrase because ingenuity is far more impressive and far more effective than anything that government does to the negative. We are not at the end of human potential. Human potential is forever expanding. There's always something that can be done. There's always something to do. Whether it is in the old way or the new. There's always some effort that can be put in that can make a difference and can be monetized for example years ago recycling was not a big deal i remember when i was a kid you know we used to uh, have this guy called woodsy isle owl and woodsy owl would talk about not being a dirty bird, don't litter, keep America looking good. This was to encourage us not to litter. But this wasn't really a recycling thing. It was just don't throw your trash in the street. Make sure that the neighborhood is clean. Then over time we started talking about recycling bottles. Now, there was always a time where that you could take your bottles back to the store and get a nickel or a dime or something like that. These are glass bottles I'm talking about. But, you know, Lots of people didn't do that. Lots of people just threw those directly into the trash. Some folks might gather those things up and take them to the store. But most people would just throw them in the trash. But over time, recycling became a thing so that now we have special recycling garbage cans. We have special recycling shops where people actually work to, separa- to separate out different forms of recyclables this is now an industry this is now something where people are actually getting paid to put forth effort my point being that there's always something new if you want to be independent you have to start thinking in independent ways you have to start to loose yourself from the notion that all is lost that without the support of the government that you in fact will be out this is not true this is something that is said consistently enough for you to believe that it is true Prior to the Great Depression and the New Deal programs coming into effect, how did elderly people live through retirement? Now, certainly you're not going to suggest that everyone who was of retirement age and in fact did retire was just out on the street certainly you're not going to allege that everyone who was retiring back in those days was going on the soup line and they needed to have bread fed to them certainly you're not going to make that suggestion because that would be false but the great depression and the difficulties that were associated with and resulted from that particular period did in fact bring the economy to such a difficult problematic moment that you had an overabundance of people who were out of work you had an overabundance of people who had reached retirement age with nothing left in the pocket because they had either invested unwisely Or the very firms who were going to care for them through their old age, through retirement uh, packages, had invested their money poorly or had had been invested in in a very substandard way. And they went out of business or they uh, couldn't, though they stayed in business, they could not afford to keep up with their commitments to make sure that folks who were at retirement age could be supported. Now you may say to yourself, well, yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good way for the government to step in because, hey, those people needed to be cared for. But why was the depression the Great Depression? After all, we had many uh, depressive events in the United States economy before that we had had many downturns before that and though they were sharp and in some regions much sharper than in others they were not sustained for years and years and years the government did not get involved to save people during these times the government allowed the private sector largely to work these things out and they did very painful for those who made poor decisions but enriching for those who had made good decisions, and once all of the bad was washed out, the economy stood back up on its feet and moved forward with no need for any kind of new deal. But in the late late 1920s, throughout the 1930s, the government decided that they should get involved first of all with herbert hoover then followed by fdr and they got involved massively and their massive involvement led directly to the elongation and prolongation of the depression so that the depression which would have normally affected certain sectors some very very severely some mildly severely some not so much but It affected the entire economy. Well, you might say, well, they needed to get involved because all these people were putting all the money into the stock market, you know, just totally wasting their money and blowing it on things. But that is because, again, the government and government like institutions were making money cheap. Which means there were lots and lots of dollars out on the street and those dollars needed to be put somewhere. So people were speculating in the stock market. They were investing money hand over fist in things that made no sense. In our own lifetimes, we've seen this with the housing bubble. We've seen this with the uh, dot-com bubble. We've seen these things the same. You put too much money out into the economy, people take the money, they don't have anything else to do with it except spend it on or invest it in things that make no sense because they can't just keep the money under the pillow. All of this is government related. All of this stuff leads further and further to dependency. The government prints more money, we get dependent on having more money printed so that we can Do things that we didn't think we could do before. More and more money is printed. More and more things are invested in that are frivolous. And then there's an explosion. And we need the government again. Companies say, bell us out. People say, please pick me up. And the next thing you know, the government has further ensconced itself in our lives. And we are dependent ever More. The concept of independence is so critically important because it goes into all of those things that I've just talked about. If we continue to depend on outside sources, people other than ourselves, entities other than ourselves to take care of ourselves, we cannot be independent and we cannot have an ownership mentality, we will have a dependency mentality. We will depend on the government, i.e. on other people to take care of not only our wants, but also our needs. So we have to make a decision. Do I want to continue to have the government support me knowing full well that government support does not come from government means but it comes from my neighbor it comes from the fella across town it comes from the woman in 10 states over the very thing that i could do for myself i will not do because the government has made it possible for me to rely on it ie on some other person to take care of that want or need for me anytime you hear the word subsidized you should be worried because subsidized is just a fancy word for dependency We're gonna subsidize this. That means we're going to make someone pay for someone else's desire. If you cannot afford your desire, there are only two choices if the government is not involved. Choice number one, can't have that desire. Choice number two, try to figure out how you can finance that desire through your own thoughts, through your own preparation and plan. Now, I know that lots of people find this sort of idea difficult. Because we have been dependent on get it now for a very long time. Get it now. Don't have to wait until later. Get it now. But getting it now has gotten us into a whole bunch of trouble. The get it now mentality has opened up a way to create massive dependency in our people. This has taken us further and further away from the reason why our fathers fought empire. They knew that by making their declaration of independence, by saying we are in fact independent, that that independence was not going to bear fruit today. They knew that they had to take steps to prove its worth. If we want to mimic what our fathers did, if we want to be able to support a country, then we have to make the same Decision. We have to declare our independence from government programs. We have to declare our independence from government largesse. We have to declare our independence from government wisdom. You see, if we refuse to accept what they're offering. How long can they offer it? It's just like the marketplace. If someone is selling a good or service that no one is buying, how long can they offer it? Eventually, they're they're either going to have to change what that good or service is, they're going to have to change the marketing of that good or service, or they're going to have to get out. If we say to ourselves that we no longer want something for someone else's money, we can stop this and we can be independent persons again. Now, I know some of you are listening to me and saying, boy, that's pie in the sky because maybe I would do that. But this next guy is not going to do it. This next guy is going to say, but I really, really, really want to have mine. Well, that's why if we make the decision that we no longer want to accept what the government is providing, we have to back that up with making sure that we elect people who understand that we don't want it and they will no longer attempt to sell it. You're right, if we say we don't want it If we maintain the same folks in their political positions that we have now, we are going to get a bunch of stuff given to folks who do want it, which means those of us who don't want it are going to be paying a higher price so that those who still want it can get even greater benefits. Look at what happened last year. We had lockdowns all over the country, folks losing their jobs everywhere, and we had stimulus checks going out to everyone. We had uh, PPP checks going out to folks who did or at least claimed that they had small businesses and they needed to make sure that they supported their employees through the difficult times. We had all of that offered. That was a lot of money that went out of the door because the government made the decision that people ought to be paid for what they lost because of the COVID-19 virus. Now I'm not saying that a guy who suddenly put out of work shouldn't get uh, a stimulus check. That's not my point. My point is that right there, this was decided by government folks who said we are a wash in cash, which we really aren't. But we are a wash in cash. We can make a decision that we're going to give everybody a bunch of money to support them through this period we're going to tell renters that we're going to put a moratorium on rent having to be paid even though there is no moratorium on mortgages having to be paid. You see, the wrong political official leads to the wrong utilization of money which leads to the wrong collection of that money. But as long as we are able to be played one off against another, I need Medicare. I need Social Security. I don't particularly like that some poor bloke is sitting here needing to have welfare money because he should get off his duff and work. But what position am I in to say that if I? am secured by that same money. yes it's very 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 scary that we're in this position now our forefathers were not in this position many of you who are listening to listening to me now your grandparents and your great-grandparents were not in this position there was no social security there was no medicare there was no medicaid there was no social welfare there was none of this stuff If you wanted to be supported because you were going through a difficult time, charitable organizations were available to take care of you in the short run, but there was nothing that was going to take care of you forever, which demanded that you have an independent mind and an independent plan on how you were going to care for yourself, whether you were sickly, whether you were aged or whether you were lazy. We had family structures and families knew that they had obligations to care for their people. A son and daughter knew they had an uh, an obligation to take care of mom and dad as they aged. That son and daughter knew they had an obligation to take care of their children as they grew. Those children knew that they had an obligation to take care of themselves and their families as they aged, as they acquired the skill through jobs to be able to support themselves. They knew that. That was our social safety net. It was called family. It was called community. But over the years. Family began to take a back seat. We started hearing people talking about the traditional family was not the only type of family that you could have. That whatever you wanted to do was just as acceptable as the traditional family. That you could go through life irresponsibly and still be cared for. And the government stepped in to say that's true. So now we're in a situation where if we want to recapture our independence, we have to take a stand and say enough. We have the onus to say, boy, I don't want what the government is offering. And I know. This is very difficult. We've become accustomed. We have so many things that have changed. If you are aged, who's going to care for you and your age now? Your children? That's not the expectation. If you are a small child, who's going to take care of you knowing that there are many fathers who are not around to take care of you at all? Men who were willing to create you, but not willing to raise you. They've disappeared. Men who will brag about the number of children they have, but won't say a word about the number of those children that they support. These values came about because they worked. And we decided to throw them overboard because we wanted to live free. I want to make my own choice because that traditional value is oppressive. I shouldn't have to make the choice that in order to have a child, I should have a husband. Or in order to have a child, I should be with a wife. I shouldn't have to make that decision. I should be able to have free love. And the government should make sure that I can. I should be able to be irresponsible and have the government pay my way. All of this is nothing but dependency. And as long as we have dependency, we cannot have ownership. We cannot have independence. We cannot have freedom. Somewhere, somehow, someone has to say enough. I respect very much the people who are religious and turn to the Bible for their belief. I respect them a great deal, but my message is not just about a return to biblical principles. My message is about what actually works and why it works. If you have a traditional family, you have supports through various stages of your life. If you don't, the only support you can have must come in the form of government, which robs you of your independence. You see, I'm not trying to convince you to go to church on Sunday. I'm not trying to convince you to get on your knees and say a prayer. I'm not saying don't do those things, but that's not my message. My message is not, you know, let's go to that. My message is if you do not have a structure in place that allows for independent living, the only thing that can replace it is government. And if government is replacing it, you cannot have independence. This is impossible. If a person says, I want a child, but I don't want the responsibility of marriage, who's going to take care of the child if the irresponsible person absconds? Yes, if that irresponsible person is gone, who takes care of the child? If there's no family unit, it must be the government. And if it's the government, what lessons are we teaching ourselves and our children? If children do not put away money to take care of their parents in their old age just in case they fall short on their own savings plan, Who is there to take care of that situation other than the government, which makes seniors dependent on the government? If we have disabled siblings or disabled neighbors, if we do not put together a plan to be able to care for those folks ourselves, what does that leave but government? In other words, what does that leave other than dependency? You see, earners, this thing is so serious. If we're talking about freedom, if we're talking about independence, we must first get to where we became dependent. Every single time there is even the slightest discomfort in the country, we say government get involved. What we're really saying is take away my freedom. What we're really saying is you make the decision and let me fly on autopilot. You tell me what to do. You take from my neighbor and give to me. That is what we are collectively saying. We want some other body called the government to make the decisions that we are fully capable of making ourselves. Now, I'm not going to be hypocritical here. I am just as... uh, liable to fall for the government trap as anyone else i am just waking up to the reality of the situation i know that for many years of my own life oh well you know hey there's this new program the government is doing it's a good idea how many people who have private firms do not make money privately but rely on government contracts in order to make money. Why is it that the government is the means by which so many of us live? Why has the government become the conduit for success for so many? What is this about and how can we address it so that people don't believe that they have to rely on that? If you're a government contractor, you know what I am telling you, you rely on the government and its largest in order for you to survive. If you're an engineering firm and your business comes primarily from government contracts, if the government does not get uh, uh, take up your services for whatever reason, you're out of the game. Even today, we have a situation where if you have a government contract, if you are registered as a government contractor with the federal government, you must Get a vaccine for COVID. Now, I'm not an anti-vaccine person, but I'm saying that you have to follow that in order to keep your money right. How independent is that? How independent is that? All of these things take us further and further away from what the founders fought, bled, and died for. They did not fight, bleed, and die so that we would become dependent on our own internal empire. They wrote A document called the United States Constitution. Constitution means this is what this place is made of. They drew up this document giving the government very limited power because they understood that if you did not limit the power of the government, it would grow beyond bounds. They saw it world over, these were educated, intelligent men who knew the world and they understood the consequence of having government control our lives. We've lost the lesson. We need to declare independence for ourselves. If we declare independence for ourselves, which man or woman is going to want to serve in Congress for 50 years? They would do just as our founders did. The founders were involved in many other industries and they would take time away from those practices to serve and then they'd return. The folks that we elect don't take time to serve in return. They take time to serve and stay. Because for them, they're in an industry that's growing. And how many people want to get out of an industry that's growing? Everyone wants to be in an industry that's growing. And if you can get your foot in the door of that industry that is truly growing, why would you leave? But it can only grow as long as we stay dependent upon it. As long as we don't take a hard look at what we have done and start to count our own costs and say look is it worth me constantly accepting something and expecting to accept something from the government in order to survive how many times do you have it told by government officials that if we don't for instance raise the debt ceiling then there are going to be people who are expecting this kind of money who won't get it but why is that It's because we have become addicted to dependency. We have walked down the opposite trail of our fathers. They sought independence and we have become comfortable in dependence. Let us rethink this. Let us figure out what those traditional values that they so admired and passed down to us for generations accomplished outside of any religious affirmation. The religion is fine, but that's just a part of it in our own practical everyday life. How come those values worked? And more importantly, how come they were replaced? And can we, afford to continue down this road where they're eroded to such a point where the only entity we can rely upon is government. We have been led down the primrose path of dependency people And the only way that we can move from that is to consider, do we want to accept that which we can do on our own? It's proven we can do it on our own. We did it on our own for well over 150 years on our own. Think about it, folks, and I'll see you next time.